everyone, I'm Jace. And I'm Yanling. Welcome to Freelance Creative Exchange, where every episode we talk about freelancing and the gig economy. So today we're here with Shok Shok. And Shok Shok, um, I see you have a very colourful uh, journey in your career, right? Um, I see that you start out on media, you rise up um, in networks all the way up to EP, executive producer. You've made your own documentary, you've written a book or two, and you have even created a video platform in China. You have also become a mentor to entrepreneurs as well. So can you share in your own words, what is your whole story? I think to understand that, you need to understand my my back, background. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was, it was, I have a background where I grew up uh, very interested in uh, the Chinese culture and language. Uh, okay. You know, mm, I think right. uh, I went to, I don't know what you still call it, I, 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 took Chinese as the first language. I went to Daman High. Mm. Uh, so, but but for me, Chinese was not a torture. I had a lot of friends where Chinese mm. was a torture. Chinese lessons were a torture. <laughs> so like I had a stronger foundation than most Singaporeans. Mm. And then, the, uh, but what was interesting was that I maintained it. Uh, so when I went to school in the US, I actually took comparative literature, which is uh, the study of literature across languages and cultures. Mm. So, uh, and I think a very fateful decision I made um, when I came back was, I, I was a scholar with MediaCorp. Mm. Uh, so, so I had to come back. <laughs> so when I came back to serve my, my, my bond, I made a very unusual request mm. because they asked you, where do you want to be assigned to yeah. or posted? And I said I want to be in Chinese current affairs. Mm. Oh, okay. I prefer to be in Chinese programming, which I think uh, surprised a lot of people because I was I graduated from the US. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I could easily do English programming, but I somehow instinctively I thought that uh, that the Chinese programming connected more with the audience or okay. has a broader audience. They they had very good visual storytelling, so because I. Came back. If I had come back and done English programming, um, I would probably uh, have lost my Chinese, you know, because I've already been abroad for so long. Yeah. Mm. But I decided to come back and do Chinese, and then so in the end, I ended up being this on this kind of uh, um, cross cultural track, you know. So in my career, I've always switched, you know, do Chinese programs. Then mm. I did English news. Yep. Then I did, you know, regional focus on China. Right. So I think, I think one of the things I find is if you ask me why I went to China, one mm. of the things I find in my something in my character, uh, <laughs> enjoy suffering. No, <laughs> no, no. It's, I find that at every crossroad, I've always made the more interesting choice. Right. So nice. like when I was coming yeah. back from the US. I decided to choose Chinese programs because I thought it was more interesting mm, at that yeah. point and more of a challenge mm. for me. Mm. So I think going to China is the same thing. I, I thought that um, it was a more interesting choice because you uh, there's nothing like being there mm. completely because mm. China is a very immersive environment. It right. has its own sets of rules. Uh, it's not a market where you can do remote control mm. and, yeah. and say mm. that's right. You know, and whenever people say that I split my time between this place and yeah. that place, yeah. Yeah. in China it doesn't work very well because it has mm. its own 
logic. Mm. It has its own mindset and mentality mm. and rules mm. and boundaries. Mm. But one of the things I learned, which I think is is very, for me, inspiring anyway, is the mindset shift mm. because of the size of the market. Right. Uh, I find that even everyone that I've encountered in China has a certain boldness of vision. Mm. Mm. Uh, so like uh, I published a book, a photo book, uh, called Ren Zai Beijing. Mm, it's yeah. a, a Beijing photo book. We have it like here. in China, right? Mm. In China, what if in Singapore, if I published a book, mm. people would say, very artsy, nice book. <laughs> <laughs> and then, won't make any money. <laughs> you know? But in, in China, I really yeah. had a whole range of people telling yeah. me, you can do this in a hundred cities. <laughs> you can wow. start Ren Zai Beijing. Yeah. Then you'd be Ren Zai Shenzhen. And then you'd yeah. be Ren Zai Hangzhou. Mm. I think the size of the market, uh, help people see that anything mm. uh, can become a huge yeah. business or yeah. a huge endeavor. Right. And there, there's downside to it because mm. it means that it's also a lot of hot air like mm. because not everything works out so well. Yeah. Mm. But the upside is that it's this imagination. Yeah. It, it's that nothing is trivial, nothing yeah. is small. Yeah. And I think for, I think many creatives in Singapore, I think the challenge is um, how to uh, have a dream that embraces the world yeah. because I think we tend to have mm. you know if you're in education you think about the 400 schools mm. what yeah. comes to work now the school enrollment is down so yeah. eventually we have 250 <laughs> so so I think it's really how do you no matter where you're based whether it's Singapore or elsewhere mm. yep. that you have a vision that embraces the world and you have a story mm. to tell that mm. that resonates with the world. I mm. think that that's the challenge. Yeah. Right? So how do you seek out the even the first opportunity to be in China? I mean, once you identify your goal, then yeah. um, the next, I think a lot of our freelance um, freelancers, you know, probably want to know if they decided to break out of the comfort zone. Mm. They want to seek out opportunity in whether it's in China or the regional country. But the, mm. the question is always, then how? What what do I need to do, right? So so what? Uh, how do you get the my, opportunity? My, my adventure was very interesting. I... I I'm a very instinctive person, so so I gravitate towards certain things or certain. I feel like okay, this is the time to do this, mm. uh, and and I I think if I'm someone, it's, it's what your moms tell you not to do. Like if someone, <laughs> a stranger offers me something, your mom say don't, don't listen don't to the stranger. Yeah, don't listen <laughs> from stranger, especially. <laughs> On the internet, <laughs> you know, if they, they they ping you on Twitter, no. <laughs> but I tend to say, oh, really? Tell me more about it, <laughs> and then that's the beginning of the end. <laughs> you know, I'll be drawn into something. But I think you, in terms of opportunities, and it's the same as not just for China but any market. It's really about finding the first opportunity, mm. and it doesn't have to be a perfect opportunity. Let me give mm. this example. When I first decided that I want to maybe spend a year or two uh, exploring China. I just made, I only know about a dozen people in mm. China. Mm. Because at that time, I had just finished uh, a stint at Discovery Channel where I uh, was the executive producer and I managed a project called First Time Filmmakers. Oh. So the only people I was close to in Beijing, in China, were a bunch of young filmmakers who First graduated film from the Beijing Film right. Academy. Right. It was the only thing I had. I had no other connections. I have no. I don't know any tycoon or important <laughs> official. But what I decided to do was, okay, this is all I have. You know, mm, the 12 yep. people in Beijing and they're all broke. 
and they're young filmmakers. <laughs> so what I did was I thought, uh, since I know some people at film, the Film Academy, mm. yep. maybe I can teach them. Right. So oh, I found yeah. the of the group of young people, I found the one that I thought was the best producer as in very resourceful, mm. yeah. you know, uh, know how to open doors. Right. And she was only about 22. She has just graduated from Film Academy. And I asked her, I said, mm. look, I'm looking to take a sabbatical. I'll go to China. I think, I think that based on my CV, <laughs> I'll, I can lecture at the Film Academy. So, and she set up for me. Oh, wow. wow. This 22-year-old uh, young woman uh, went to ask her her children, her yeah. faculty yeah. director, oh. and said, and I got in. Oh, I, I wow. got a stint to lecture at film. Right. So that was the start. So when I first mm. went there, so I think one of the pieces of advice I feel for mm. people entering a new market is um, don't look for the perfect opportunity, mm. but the opportunity that you can have. Because yeah. I think usually you, the first step is the hardest. Once you get in, it will grow, you see. Yeah, like you, right. you can go from knowing yeah. t- 12 people to yep. 120 people to 1,200 yeah. people. Yeah. Your your network can grow. Yeah. But I think most people uh, want it all planned out. I think especially for Singaporeans, we're so practical. Yeah. Mm. Like to do something like this where it seems to last a semester or a year seems like very ill-advised. Yeah. But, but in terms of finding a path as a creative You'll find that's why I make the analogy that we're mm. all like actors or musicians or filmmakers now is because as a creative, that's how you do it. Mm. You know, mm. you find it's like you're crossing a river. Yeah. You just find the first big rock. Yeah, right? that's right. Right. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. find the first big rock, you yes. have something to stand on. Mm. And from there you see the vista of opportunities and then you say, Okay, that's the next step. Yeah. Mm. It very seldom happens that you have it all. Yeah, plan out. out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you look at yeah. like the analogy of a struggling actor, like if you look at the big stars now, mm. many of them were obscure until they have that one first movie. Break. First yeah, break. that's and right. And they have no idea when what, is it when, when is it is it? until yeah. it has happened. So, yeah. so I think my my advice in terms of going to China mm. or any other market is, um, make some make your create your first opportunity based mm. on what you have, mm. but not. What you don't have. Yeah, I think a lot of people as well, I think just generally in life, Mm. has that misconception as well. Mm. Whereas like, even choosing what I'm going to study. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, when I was choosing uh, to go into Mm. the creative field, it was like, so where are you going to get a job? You know, it has to be Uh, all planned out in front of you. But do you think that's a Singaporean thing? Right, because we tend to plan well in advance, right? Like our government plan until 2030, 2050. So, you know, like it's in us to say, okay, I must plan it out because if I don't have a plan, then I'm just, you know, putting myself in a very uncomfortable position. But how how do you plan? Do you plan? Yeah. What do you mean by planning it out? Right. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. It's just, like you know, so... Plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, well, people no, always no. ask for your five-year plan or your ten-year plan. And you're <laughs> like, I'm only 20. Well, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I think especially for people with a creative career, I think traditional career planning is a myth. Mm. You know, this mm. whole thing about a static plan that's mm. like yeah. three or mm. five or mm. ten years, mm. um, you know, it's, it's a myth because... Uh, it's all. It's like okay. Let's say I major in something because mm. the the forecast is that this field will mm. have a lot of job opportunities. Yeah. But often 
if you have a long career, you know, mm. if you have like a 10 year, going to work for 10 years, probably good enough. Mm. But if you have a long career uh, and, and it's going to be 20, 30, 40, 50 year career, yeah. you'll find that uh, by the time you get to that point, mm. the target has shifted. Yeah. So I think one mm. very good example is like in, in China, they, they always invent majors based on major events. So when I, mm. they will have like, a lot of majors about the Olympic Games <laughs> leading up to 2008. So you have all these like majors that have all you in Guanli, you know, yeah. like management mm. of Olympics, uh, whatever, whatever. But the problem is the Olympic Games will be over right. in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do right. with the rest of your career? Yeah. So I, I think that it's not to say that, that uh, you don't need to plan. I think the whole idea of uh, a, a static plan uh, mm. I think it's not very useful. Mm. You know, I think it's actually more about, um, how do you say, it's, a, it's really more about being ready for opportunities. Mm. You know, it's, it's really about, um, I, I think it's, it's a mix of planning and being open, mm. you know, yeah. which I think we're not, we're not very, Singaporeans are not very good with it ambiguity yeah you know it's yeah, like we, we're very sure about it before we do it yeah but the problem is there's very little certainty mm. i mean i mean even people who was in academia and mm. she because of various reasons he found himself out of a stable job mm. uh, a couple of years ago and mm. I, I was very poignant because he told me you know when this happened to me i was 51 so so 51 was very old back in the old days you know it's like you're near retirement but 51 is very young yeah correct now, now it's like yes, you, know, you could be working yeah. for another 20 years or yeah, more correct, like I say, so I think um, I think my advice on career planning is really it's better to have career uh, invention you know it's almost mm. like you know your core Mm. But you reinvent that plan mm, yes. on a three or five yeah. year basis. So yeah. I think to explain, for example, people look at my career and say, "Oh my God, she was a TV producer." Mm. Then, uh, and then she went to China and she did digital video and mm. and social media and mm. published books. It seems like there were a lot of changes. Yeah. Mm. But for me, on the inside, I know I have not. The, the through line yeah. has not changed. Yeah. Mm. So I think the main thing is to find your through line. My mm. through line, the narrative of my life or the story of my career is really that I'm a visual storyteller. Mm. I tell mm. story with pictures, but it's always combined with the interest in innovation. Mm. So mm. I can go from TV, but if the next wave of innovation is in social media mm. and short form video, mm. yeah. then the visual storytelling you know, shifts to that new space. Mm, yeah. It's mm. a layering of another level of skills. Right. But yeah. my visual storytelling skills have not changed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's really about telling stories um, in in real time mm. using the latest technology mm. tools. So, yeah. so I think, mm. so because I have that very clearly defined mission, mm. Right, yes. mm. I don't have to be rigid about my right. plans. Yes. Right. So it's like, as opportunities emerge, like I won't go off and do something that will abandon my skills. Mm. You know, like, mm. how, well, I will not be like, become something very, I won't be like trading commodities or something like that. <laughs> I w but yeah. I know that this is what I'm good at, but yeah. I also know that uh, 
it's the way I'm expressing my skills or mm. my gifts would change over time. Yeah. Mm. And I think for most people, they don't have that three line. They don't have that three sentence core yes. mission. Yeah, exactly. It, right? yeah. So so then they they yeah. they plan. But what's the point of planning? Mm. Yeah. What's the point of planning if you? Mm. So I think what what I find for a dynamic career is that you find that core your Venn diagram so mm. to speak. You know, is mm. word pictures, mm. technology, mm. and then you find the best fit in terms of opportunities mm. to, yeah. and you want to be slightly ahead of the curve, yeah. Yeah. but not too much ahead of the curve. Yeah. So so I think, so I think more, uh, I always feel in terms of career planning that mm. uh, what is more useful instead of just the traditional tools of planning is actually decision-making skills. Mm. Yes. Uh, you know, I find that I always marvel that people mm. don't have uh, tools to deal with risks mm. and to make decisions. Mm. Because the thing that's difficult about planning is to deal with uncertainty. Mm. And the thing yeah. to deal with uncertainty is to know how to manage risks. Yeah. And I think really career planning really has to go alongside with uh, very sound decision making and the ability to manage risk mm. and understand your own risk tolerance. Mm, I, yeah. think, I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think yeah. this is also important for freelancers, especially important for freelancers. Yes, because I, I love that you brought it up because I think we have seen, you know, the nature of what creatives at work does, right? We have seen our fair share of mm. people also going through a lot of career changes, make career changes, or, mm. you know, they're, they're mm. transitioning, mm. basically. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes you can see the potential that they have with the skills that they have built. Mm-hmm. Um, but for they themselves, because they cannot see it, they cannot see what we have been talking about, which is a certainty that, you know, they're going to be stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they go back to what they have known before. Mm-hmm. Or they really don't know what to do when an opportunity is sitting right in front of them because we connect them with opportunities, mm. right? You say, you can do this, you know, you uh, can, you you have all the skill sets available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, so. I think that there are a few things, um, I think for, for this whole thing we're talking about in mm. terms of planning, mm. risk management, decision yeah. making, mm. uh, really interests me because um, I think if I look back at my career, i tell you this funny story. Because I was very square when I was growing up, you know, I was very mm. academic, I was very mm. bookish, mm. I was very good in school. Mm. So when I was graduating from high school, most people will, if they place a bet, will think that I'll be a civil servant mm. or a school teacher. Right. Oh, so different. <laughs> some, some years back, uh, when we had a high school reunion, mm. uh, we had a table of 10 people who mm. were the scholars from that year. So right. we were all people who did very well at A-levels and went abroad. Yeah. Mm. And literally, out of 10 people, Half were lawyers, mm. the other half were in academia. Mm. Wow. And then there was me, I was a creative <laughs> entrepreneur in Beijing. I could see yeah. them, all the other people coming up yeah. to me so close, <laughs> saying, Siop, how do you become so cool? <laughs> <laughs> and actually there's a, an essay I always recommend that everyone reads. Uh, it's an essay by the management guru called uh, Peter Drucker. Mm. And mm. he wrote many, many books. He's mm. credited for being the father of business management. Mm. Uh, but the one he has a short essay called On Managing Oneself. Mm. And it's something that I'll recommend every freelancer, every creative mm. to read. The key is not to plan, mm. to control what's outside. The key is to manage yourself. Mm. Yeah. 
to have mm. that awareness, to understand yeah. Yeah. how you learn, to understand what you're good at, mm. to understand, you know. Um, and I think one thing that I've done for many, many years, uh, uh, let me see how many years, <laughs> almost 20, and I'm only 21, so <laughs> since, since I was one. Wow, yeah, uh, born with it. <laughs> yeah, was, um, and it's recommended by in this essay. He, it recommends that every time you make a major decision, um, write it down. Mm. Write down a decision, why you made it, your expected outcome. Mm. And then after a certain period of time, review it. So for 20 years, I've done that. Mm. So when I first decided to go to China, when I started a company in China, mm. I was offered an opportunity. When I take up something, I'll write mm. it down. And... I will create a point of review, mm. you know. So, mm. so, and why is it important? It's because it clarifies your own thinking about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Right? Only when you know who you are, can you actually respond to the opportunities, yeah. mm. you know. And planning is really, the point of planning is to make sure you're ready for the opportunities that yeah. unfold for you. Yeah. The point of planning is not to protect you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from surprises it's like oh this is a really good opportunity but it was not in my plan uh, <laughs> it's a... not in my plan so no uh, <laughs> I have to stick to my plan <laughs> that's a great point of yeah. view actually yeah. Yeah. yeah when I first went to China the first year 18 months I was just exploring I taught mm. I made a documentary for my students yep. mm. I promoted the documentary mm. but the important point was I found my community. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I because on social media, I, I connected mm. with a lot of people who were entrepreneurs, mm. investors, bloggers. Mm. So it was a different community than in Singapore, where mm. everyone I know was in television. Yeah, yeah. You know. right. Actually, I was offered an opportunity because uh, an investor was looking to start a video platform, mm. and he asked around and say, uh, "Is there someone who can?" <laughs> work with young people and make videos very cheaply. <laughs> the, the emphasis on being very cheaply. Uh, 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 um, and my name came up because I was mm. known in that circle as right. the filmmaker. Yeah. So, so, so what happened was I met this investor and he offered to, he said he wanted to do this. He asked mm. me if I would do it with him. Yep. And I think that's the one thing that is very different about me is I tend to say yes. Mm. I, I Not say, even, you know, given the fact that you don't even know the investor. Is uh, it someone you know for for for? I know a we few have months? common friends, but okay. here's how I, and I go back to decision making and planning. Right. Yep. Here's how I take risks and, and make decisions. I said yes because I felt that I've not done anything for the internet. Mm. I was curious about it. So I wanted to try. Mm. Yep. I, want, I wanted my opportunities mm. to open up rather than to go back as you said to mm. do more TV yeah. yeah although that's I could do TV forever but so I, I thought okay this is worth trying mm. uh, I don't know what it's like whether mm. I like it but and then the other very important thing is I usually will write it down mm. and I will manage my risks mm. mm. so I'll write down what are my biggest risks mm. and then what I did was I gave myself one year I said okay he's this is probably going to fail mm. I don't really know this guy. <laughs> you know, he's a stranger from the internet. But it's okay, mom, he's giving you money. Yeah, the, my mom warned me yeah. about, you know. So, but I thought through 
the risk and I thought, mm. okay, I can take the risk for one year. Mm. Mm. And if it doesn't work out, I go back to what I was doing yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. If it works out, it will open up a whole new career, yeah. whole yeah. new... So I think that's what I recommend for, for freelancers as well, is um, take risks, mm. but manage your risks yeah. and be very methodical about mm. it and know when you can turn something off. Yeah. And make sure yeah. that when you turn something off, it's not too detrimental. Yeah. You can yeah. that you can afford it. Mm. You know, because uh, I I because I give a lot of talks about mm. career management, mm. uh, especially to young women. Mm. The, people have this thing about how, you know, they they are so ponderous. They say, you know, I want to make a change and mm. make a career transition. Mm. But I'm afraid I'll make the wrong decision mm. and my life will be ruined. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is this, and it's just simple. The only way to become good at making decisions is to make, to make yeah. a lot of decisions mm. and make a lot of mistakes. The, you have to do it. It's almost like if you are learning archery, you have to practice before you're yeah. on target. Yeah. And But the thing is, you have to make sure that every mistake you make it's not too costly. Yep. Yeah. So it's actually a very uh, process of very deliberate management. Mm. You know, so so you know that mm. um, that uh, and very disciplined. Mm. You know, like no matter how much you like the stranger from the internet that's <laughs> offering you the world, know that you don't know the person. Yeah. You know that uh, people are complex, and when you come together as partners for a project, things may not work out. Mm. Yep. You know, for all mm. the good intentions in the world. So my my. Encouragement for people who, creatives or freelancers who want to take a chance at a new mm. project, mm. Mm. a new vertical, whatever, mm. is trust your instincts, mm. but manage your risks. Mm. You know, tell yourself, uh, and that's why I always say people uh, to people, people always look at my career and say, oh, you've been so brave, foolhardy, <laughs> brave, foolhardy. <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, um, I always tell people that it looks like I've been brave my entire career, but actually I've only been brave for one year at a time. Mm. So what the biggest risk I take, mm. I only take it one year at a time. Mm. And I know how to exit mm. at the end of one yeah. year. Mm. And I think if people can chunk their risk, mm. break it into smaller pieces, mm. they can take make better decisions yeah. and become much more successful in terms of uh, having a... a longevity, mm. uh, having a career that's evolving. Mm. Uh, and I, I think I think that's what I recommend in terms mm. of decision making. So yeah. one of the things that's interesting about China is that uh, people in Singapore especially always think, oh my God, you went to China. Mm. You know, some of my friends say, Gen <laughs> you know, such a competitive market. But yeah. I always find that when I, in between when I was coming back to mm. Singapore, I always thought I'll take a walk along the river mm, because my, yeah. my, my house along the river. And uh, I always think my worst case scenario is I come back to Singapore. Mm. So if that's mm. the worst case scenario, mm. I can be very brave, mm. right? Because no matter what the downside yeah. is, I just come back to a more yeah. stable mm. place, more, you know, where it's home. Mm. And mm. I know it's easier to find my navigate yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and things like that. So, right. so, so, so I think my, my, my recommendation really is uh, um, become very good decision makers. I mm. think, you know, it's really not all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You can 
break things down so that mm. uh, um, you can take what seem like very big risks, mm. but as you are experiencing it, it's actually in a very yeah. managed and deliberate yeah, process. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's yeah. the... What was the most impactful wrong decision that you have ever made? Oh, many, <laughs> yeah, many, many. <laughs> I keep making wrong decisions. Um, I think one of the things about what you call career planning, decision making, mm. is really that... Um, and I have a lot of young people saying to me, uh, I want to make a change, I want to I invent my career and to make a switch, but I'm afraid I make the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I, I find is that um, uh, the universe covers your mistakes. Mm. I think the you need to understand, what, what I mean by that is that sometimes a big mistake or unintended mistake opens a different door. Yeah. And it's not what you would have planned, but then it is, uh, it is something that is creative. You know, it's something that, I think the thing is, you can make something of it. I think that's the, the whole thing. I think one of the things I always talk about and it may resonate with some people is also that um, uh, talking about mistakes and all that. I think, I, I think for many years, mm. in the first part of my career, I struggled with the fact that I wanted to make work for a big company. Mm. and not because mm. I consciously wanted to but mm. because I've been programmed to <laughs> because um, first of all I, I was a scholar yep. uh, yeah. so the path should be work for a big company yeah. or civil service yeah. climb the ladder yeah. um, and I think one of the things that it took a very long time for me to accept that I was not happy mm. <laughs> working in a co big corporation yeah mm. Because because um, it, it's hard because people kept offering things to me. Mm. Because I seem so nice, soft-spoken, <laughs> bilingual some more. <laughs> you know, so I, keep, I think people from corporations keep offering things to me. Like, oh, this job, this mm. opportunity. But over time, with a series of events or setbacks, mm. I realised that I'm not happy working in this, like, a... Uh, big corporation mm. and I can do it and I probably it, some most people would have done it because mm. uh, it's a good life yeah. it's stable but I it took me a long time to accept that uh, I wasn't happy mm. and when I forced myself into it it doesn't last mm. you know they will either I fall out with the boss or, mm. or something even though I'm very very mild by all standards uh and when you unleash yeah. <laughs> yeah but but so I think if that was one mistake was I spent so much time trying to fit into a corporate mall mm. because because yeah. people keep offering me things and, and it seems like uh, people always, my friend used to joke that people think of me as a good trophy wife because okay. um looks like if, if someone can hire me I'm very capable, I'm not threatening, I'm right. very nice and all that. But but the thing is, uh, so I think my creative career only really started, if you look at my career, mm. only started when I stopped working for big companies. Mm. All the films, all the mm. books publishing, yeah. the entrepreneurship, mm. the fascination, the, the transition into the digital media, yeah. Yeah. all started when I said, okay, I banged my head against the wall enough times. <laughs> I'm really not happy as a yeah. corporate person. So mm. I think if you ask me, that's one mm. 
uh, mistake. I right. keep trying to make it work. But the thing is, when I say that, uh, um, at the end of it, I realize that uh, the mistakes also make up the wrong decisions, make up the tapestry of everything mm. that's my career. Because mm. you can make it work. If you have a long career, mm. it's part of, it's like a chapter of your book. Mm. I used to have a yeah. mentor who says, what if you think of it as a chapter of your life? A chapter instead of the ending, it's a chapter mm. of your So I look yeah. at every phase as a chapter. Yes. My corporate phase is a chapter. Yeah. Uh, it was very boring at times, but I learned a lot of very good skills, yes. like working very quickly. <laughs> because the show has to go yeah. on air. Yeah. Like staying awake at night <laughs> in the editing suite. Yeah. So I think, I think that uh, the whole thing about making mistakes is first, I, I find that uh, in terms of a good life and a good career as a creative, first, um, decision-making it's very important, deliberate mm. decision-making and risk management. Mm. Make bold decisions, but limit your downside. Yeah. Only only take something up if you feel you can stomach the downside. Right. Yeah. But right. have a bottom. Yeah. yeah. Not you know, don't let it keep falling. Mm. Six months, one year, eighteen mm. months. Yeah. Whatever you can tolerate. Mm. Secondly, I feel that uh, that uh, the mistakes are part of it. Mm. Sometimes your mistakes cause you to move in a direction that you hadn't anticipated and a door might open and you you can make it work. I always think yeah. in old in uh, before I know what wisdom was, I always when I was growing up I always think wisdom is like uh something that is very defined in books, like you know, Kongzi, Confucius mm. says, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But um what I find is that wisdom is more like a skill. Mm. It's more like if you're playing a tennis game mm. or if you're playing, it's dynamic in real time mm. and yeah. you won't make the same decision twice. Yeah. So for example, now, if someone comes to me, some stranger from the mm. internet comes to me yeah. <laughs> and say, I'll invest in your company, I might not make the same decision, but it yeah. doesn't mean that eight years ago was the wrong decision. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because it opened up my life right, you know yeah. so so I think it's really about um, uh, I, I feel that, that I, and I think one thing always guides me is that uh, I always live my life as though it's I'm gonna it's a great story that is unfolding and I keep telling it yeah. you know it's like oh can you imagine I was uh, you know I didn't know I was gonna be a filmmaker I became mm. a filmmaker mm -hmm. I went to China so it's mm. almost like and some of it, in, and I've made biographies of famous mm. people before, so some of the episodes were not intended by me. Mm. But once it has happened, yeah. I'll make it part of my story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. this, this has happened to me. I was down and out. <laughs> so I think you need to kind of be able to keep, and I think the main thing here is keep the story going. Mm. You know, because yeah. I feel mm. that, uh, and one of the things I learned was the whole mindset that this is not the ending. Yeah. 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 You know, and as long as you know that uh, it's not the ending, you you can still change the story. You yeah. can still... And one of the things you learn about editing a film is that it's really about structuring. You yeah. know, so like, if this is the midpoint of the story and it's the end, it has a very different impact. Yeah. So I think if you can take whatever just happened 
yeah. and move it forward as though you're telling a really great story about your life mm. as a creative, then then I think that uh, the world will keep opening up. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's I, very true. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of failure as the end. Mm. That's it. And then I mm. start over from zero again. Mm. But I don't think, I think you, you put it in a very nice yeah. way in an analogy. It's mm. like it's a continuation. You never start from the beginning again. Mm. Do, you, you know? do you find that that's an obstacle mm. for freelancers well I guess um, well I, I don't think it's an obstacle for freelancers but I guess um, traditionally right um, mm. Singaporeans are not big risk taker right mm. and we mm-hmm. always um, are very uh, afraid of failure that's why even our PM Lee now has to come out and say that you know don't afraid of failures it's okay to, to take what, risks or to, but to, to, to lose but what are people you know? afraid of in yeah. of failure well I mm-hmm. guess um, the, the the main thing is really you know um because I, I have too much at risk, right? Uh-huh. So, so in that sense, I don't dare to take risks, right? Because I have my house to consider, <laughs> you know, I have my oh, kids, yeah. yeah, insurance to take care of, mm-hmm. you know. So, in that sense, I think the the risk appetite, right? Um, a lot of people feels that they cannot take too much risk, yeah. but actually, you know, maybe by what you have advised, right, in terms of taking smaller chunk of risk, break the risk into smaller chunk, right? Um, you know, in that sense, they can actually have a much more. Actually, of a one of the most yeah. frustrating things I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, when they're not willing mm-hmm. to take a new risk is I don't have the experience in that mm. area. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which to me is like, that's why, right? That's why you should go for it. But but mm. I think I think one of the things I, I feel is um, that um, uh, I think a lot of it is just as I said, wisdom is a mm. skill. I also mm. feel that risk-taking is like developing a muscle. Mm. So I feel that it's more start small mm. you know like mm. like it's almost like if you take a slightly different yeah. route to work mm. every day uh, so so if you start small and you practice you become uh, more skilled in taking risks yep. and having courage yeah. and I think what what um, I think the whole thing about this whole rhetoric about success and failure and all that is that uh, I think we forget often that it's a skill mm. right you can be much more courageous if you know how to manage the risk. Yeah. They are not in contradictory. I think we think mm. of like bravery as mm. oh, let's jump off the cliff. <laughs> you know, but, but actually most people who are very successful and accomplished, they're actually very disciplined. Mm. Like think they mm. think through all their downsides. Downsides yeah. and decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously everyone has a different risk appetite. Yeah. You know, but one of the things I find is really mm. to and I would encourage people to uh, practice, mm. you know, in mm. small ways. Mm. Uh, it's it's the whole thing about. Um, uh, it, it's like, uh, I think we, before the the recording, we were talking about diets and mm. working out and all that. Mm. Uh, uh, it's the same like if you're building a workout routine, mm. you will fail if you say I'm going to run for two hours yeah. every day or yeah. every week. Yeah. But you will succeed if you say. 15 minutes. Yeah. I just start with yeah. 15 yeah. minutes a day. Because once you yeah. do 15 minutes, you'll probably do 20 and 25. Mm. And the same thing is about uh, risks. Yeah. And I think it's more um, thinking, first of all, I think the, it's really accepting that mm. uh, uh, you can't ask for, you know, you know, you can't ask for a big adventurous life yeah. with no mistakes. Yeah. 
it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you if you want a big adventurous life, if you want an interesting career, they you will make mistakes. Yeah. And I think the main thing is really to know exactly what you do to mm. uh uh recover. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. it's actually plotted ahead of time so that mm. you know what the trigger point is that mm. you will stop yeah. doing this and you know exactly what you do to recover yeah so yeah. so i think that's the the main thing yeah i think that is important very well said thank you so so for joining us another episode of our freelance creative exchange yes so um for those of you out there who are watching and you have enjoyed this episode please go ahead and follow us and subscribe to us by hitting the bell button on the youtube channel or you know follow us on our different uh podcast playlists yeah and join our community on our facebook and as well as our instagram until now Bye. Bye.